Tim's News Explosion. 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 Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's Tim's News Explosion on this Monday, the 26th of June, 2023. We are live tonight on the Wilmsfront YouTube channel, I think on the Wilmsfront Odyssey channel. My StreamYard software says that I'm streaming there, but I couldn't log into my Odyssey account. It says that it's down for scheduled maintenance. But the good news is, as long as I reset the stream keys every week, I am again live on Rumble, so it seemed to have ironed that out. Uh, but uh, I see most of you because it's the 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 most uh, easiest to to watch YouTube. Uh, you're all here in the the live chat. Hello to Linda, Dawn, Peak Aussie Man, and Brucey with an alternate title for tonight, titled Transvestite Delegitimization. Yes, I could have called the show that as well. And uh, as always on the interactive entropy software, uh, which I've put the link into the live chat, we can send through a direct question or send through a super chat to support not just this program, but other unshackled productions. It is 8.30pm here in Melbourne, Victoria, but I'll start with what should be the biggest story in the world right now. And that is the corruption of the United States justice system. Well, I'm pretty blackpilled on the current state of the United States justice system. It's supposed to be a beacon of liberty, freedom, and equal justice for all. Uh, but sadly, that is not the case. As the latest example with President Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, getting a sweetheart deal uh, through the Department of Justice, which is headed by uh, that piece of shit, Merrick Garland. Uh, so Hunter Biden, in ex it, this was just announced, I think, on Wednesday evening that it had already been all negotiated that Hunter Biden would plead guilty uh, to two uh, tax uh, tax ch tax charges and uh, one uh, firearm offence because uh, he purchased a gun without without uh, disclosing uh, that he was a a drug addict and and so he will get no jail time and he'll get into a diversion program which I'll take you to this article on the the Federalist, which shows just how, uh, uh, just how. Well, it's not even a slap on the wrist; it's just sort of basically a tap on the the wrist. Uh, so, the feds are notoriously tough on firearms nationally. For example, ninety four point two percent of federal firearms convictions in twenty twenty two involved some prison time, and the median sentence was. 39 months. And it goes down here that his, that uh, Joe Biden's Department of Justice, uh, uh, 
in defending a, a, a firearms laws in courts. A, Joe Biden signed a law in 2021 to increase the maximum penalties from 10 to 15 years in prison. Uh, but obviously, when it's his his son, a, as the the old meme uh, or uh, from 2016, uh, it had uh, that uh, had Hillary Clinton's face. Silly Americans, laws are for poor people to obey. Well, it's uh, for those who the deep state favors uh the, the the laws don't apply to them i mean donald trump is certainly not poor he's a he's a billionaire you, can you imagine him uh, getting such a a sweetheart deal whether it be over the stormy daniels alleged hush money or uh keeping classified documents remember mike pence i uh, was cleared of the same offense and will there be a sweetheart deal if he's charged over january 6th or the uh, jo- uh, phone call for the for the to the Georgian governor after uh, 2020, Don Browning said he's been a very naughty boy. Yes, uh, Hunter Biden has been an extremely naughty boy. And I've previously said if Hunter Biden wants to smoke crack and have lots of sex, that's that's none of my business. Uh, but. <laughs> According to the law, he's he's committed uh, several felonies. Yet he is getting uh, this. Uh, it reminds me, actually, of the sweetheart deal that uh, Alan Dershowitz was able to negotiate for uh, Jeffrey Epstein back in in two thousand and seven. Uh, signed off uh, by uh, by a Acostas, the who was a, a pre- a President Trump's. Labor Secretary. He was the the Southern Florida uh, federal U.S. attorney there, and Epstein only had to do about eighteen months of. of it wasn't even jail. He well, he had to check into jail on the the weekends. Got got day release. That was all negotiated between Epstein's lawyers. He pleaded guilty to to one charge of soliciting sex. Uh, soliciting prostitution from a minor and it was I mean good luck to anyone else who's been, who'd been accused of running an underage uh, sex trafficking ring getting the, the the same sweetheart deal I mean anyone accused of that should be in prison for life and now there was already one IRS whistleblower but now that there now there's two talking about the preferential treatment that Hunter Biden got, and the uh, the corruption of the investigation. And to add to all of that, the legal issues surrounding the president's son, Hunter, the latest of which is an accusation by two credible IRS whistleblowers claiming misconduct by the Department of Justice and the FBI during the investigation of Hunter Biden. According to transcripts released by the Republican-led House and Ways and Means Committee, one of those whistleblowers, who, by the way, was questioned both by uh, Democrats and Republicans on that committee, former senior IRS agent Gary Shapley, he alleged that Hunter Biden received preferential treatment from the DOJ. Shapley asserts that the Trump-appointed U.S. attorney leading the probe was blocked in his efforts to charge Hunter Biden with more serious crimes than the tax-related misdemeanors Biden agreed to plead guilty to earlier this week. Like I said, this should be shocking to everybody, but I'm not shocked. I mean, this is how corrupt uh, the U.S. justice system has become. Now also a text message has been leaked that Hunter Biden sent to a Chinese 
businessman when he was in the presence of his father, who was vice president. I won't read it to you. I'll get uh, former uh, President Donald Trump to read it out for you. Joe Biden is the most corrupt president in the history of our country by far. Just two days ago, a very respected IRS whistleblower used to be very much a, you remember when the Democrats used to love whistleblowers? They don't like the whistleblowers now. <laughs> Revealed that Crooked Joe sat in a room while his son Hunter messaged a Chinese Communist Party official and said to this Chinese Party official, I quote, I am sitting here with my father, and we would like to understand why the commitment made has not been fulfilled. This is cash he's talking about. Yeah. Tell the director, and it doesn't get reported in the newspapers, tell the director that I would like to resolve this now before it gets out of hand, and now means right now. It means tonight. You believe this? I didn't know he was that tough. <laughs> And if I get a call or a text from anyone involved in this other than you, Zhang or the chairman, I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me, my father, right next to me, Pop, hi, Pop, <laughs> and every person he knows, you will regret not following my direction. Now, can you imagine the newspapers not reporting this? Not a word of it in any of them, in any of them, mainstream. I'm sitting here waiting for the call, he said, with my father. I'm sitting here with my father waiting for the call. In other words, send us money. Within 10 days, the Bidens got $5.1 million from China for absolutely no reason. They got $5.1 million. In fact, they've taken tens of millions of dollars from China. And that's probably why maybe he's not complaining about the fact that they're building military bases in Cuba. Maybe that's the reason, I guess. Mike, what do you think? Now, imagine if Donald Trump Jr. had been accused of the same same crime. It would be the the only news on all the cable networks, CNN, MSNBC, even Fox News now in, in its current incarnation. And obviously, we know that, uh, that uh, China, as uh, Trump says it, we miss him saying China. Is is not the the only uh, the only uh, rogue nation uh, where the Bidens have extracted money from? Don't forget, Hunter Biden uh, was on the board of that uh, Ukrainian energy company, uh, Burisma, and Trump got impeached for a phone call with Zelensky, where he's just like, "Yeah, just have a have have a look at at this." And remember that uh, Joe Biden, he bragged about on camera that he got a prosecutor fired who coincidentally was looking into his his son's uh, dealings uh, with the, uh, his impl what he did with the Burisma Energy co uh, Company. Now, there have been some other news that have superseded uh, the, the Hunter Biden sweetheart deal and more whistleblowers coming forward. The first one, of course, uh, was a, the uh, Titanic uh, submersive explosion, uh, which happened on Sunday. Uh, so I didn't even know what a uh, what a uh, submersive was 
it's you know, it goes to show uh, <laughs> show how much I've had to to catch up on everything. This meme has been has been going around on social media, uh, so. I'm done being an expert on submersibles. This weekend, I'm a Russian coup specialist. Now, obviously, on Tim's news explosion, I have to summarize the news and make my best understanding of it to to, to bring it to, to you. I do a lot of uh, deep diving, uh, pardon the, the pun, uh, to the, the bottom of the information, in, information ocean. Uh, so, it the implosion happened on on sunday uh but uh, the us coast guard only found debris of the wreckage on thursday uh, so for 4 days the coverage on all the cable news channels was it's a rescue mission uh, uh, against the clock they're running out of oxygen uh, it's trying to find a needle in a haystack it was it it, it the public was being led on that it could be this amazing rescue rescue mission that could be taking place uh, but uh, the the US navy they also uh, detected uh, the uh, the uh, an implosion that that happened uh, so it says that uh, they conducted analysis of acoustic data and detected an anomaly consistent with an implosion or explosion in the general vicinity of where the Titan submersible was operating when communications were lost. And uh, James Cameron, uh, the Titanic director, who's he's also a deep ocean diver, he's uh, visited uh, the shipwreck of the Titanic 33 times. The footage that you see in his 1997 Titanic epic of the the, the shipwreck, that's actually the footage that he went down to, to film himself. That's how immersed he he became in making that film that is now a is now a, a deep sea a shipwreck a diver. He said that he knew on 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 Sunday that uh, an implosion had happened. That's what he told, I think, ABC News, and he said the the fact that there are all of the there are all of these uh, alarm bells that have been raised in this uh, uh, with the the build of this submersive before the 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 fatal fatal visit. As the the five the five people on board have all tragically died, and now. There has been a lot of political commentary on 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 this on this implosion and the the deaths of these these five people, all of them billionaires. One a billionaire's uh, son. There's been a lot of people unsympathetic because while well, they're billionaires, oh, what about all of the the refugees who uh dr who drowned off the, the the coast of coast of Greece? It's always a a what aboutism uh, for them. And then there were some such as uh, Paul Joseph Watson and Brendan O'Neill saying that, uh, oh, sorry, not uh, Brendan O'Neill was talking in his piece was talking about uh, the the sneering at these billionaires, while Paul Joseph Watson said that it was a woke company, OceanGate. Literally, uh, you could call this scan this uh, this disaster OceanGate, but that was the name of the company. Uh, so those are the two 
two angles there. And then there's also uh, been uh, the debate about, because there's been so many uh, online jokes at uh, the expense of the, the people who died. There's been jokes that uh, James, Ca James Cameron is rubbing his hands together at a Titanic sequel because, well, he said on ABC News that it's just like the original Titanic. Uh, there are all these warning warnings about uh, uh, what uh, what could happen and what did happen the same with this uh, submersible but the reason why there's so there's, there's so many i would say black humor jokes about uh, this submersible tragedy is because that's how humans cope with with tragedy that would be a terrible way to die uh, just thinking you're going on the a billionaire's adventure of a lifetime and it's the it's the end of your life and so the way you cope with human misery tragedy is uh, through humor it's the old it's the old old uh, joke about uh, when a soldier's uh, legs are blown off uh, one of the uh, another one of the sh uh, the soldiers makes the joke oh well at least you save money on on shoes like obviously you would have it's tragedy is lost years legs but Obviously, a way for people to cope in trauma is with humour such as that. Yeah, so that's what uh, this, the, the fact that it's implied that uh, there was some sort of conspiracy uh, to conceal that uh, they'd already died on Sunday, keeping this going. There are rumours that uh, this was a, a psyop to distract from the, the Hunter Biden plea deal. The other more extreme, uh, extreme psyop conspiracy is that uh, the leader of the, the uh, Russian uh, paramilitary organisation, the Wagner Private Military Company, or it's pronounced in Russian Wagner, a lot of people were making jokes because there is the the Wagner family in Queensland who own uh, the WellCamp uh, quarantine uh, facility. So I woke up into the news on Saturday and I was like, "What? The, the, the Wagner Group is in Ukraine?" And I was, and then I realised, "Oh, that's what uh, the the private parliamentary group is called." That's been it's basically my. Uh, uh, getting up to speed with it, it's so that the the Russian Defense Ministry they they have this uh, private military so they can keep it on arm's length some of the stuff that they're doing in Ukraine. Uh, so its leader Yevgeny uh, Prognitsin, I hope I pronounced that right. He uh, decided because that he claimed. Uh, that uh, the Russian military had attacked uh, his uh, 50,000 member Wagner, Wagner military, uh, that he uh, would uh, stage a, a coup and march on Moscow. He captured the southern city of Rostov on Don, got within 400 kilometers of Moscow, and I noticed all of the, the the commentary on on social media. This is the thing about something as as big as this—a potential coup of the biggest nation in the world—that you don't know what to believe because there's so much misinformation and and disinformation. Which, of course, no government should have the power to to regulate, like we'll get to later. The Australian government wants to. 
so you've got so much that you have to to sift through. Uh, but uh, of course, because the entire mainstream media political establishment is 100% uh, anti-Putin, they were saying, yes, this is this is going to be it. He's going to be de deposed, and uh, the war in Ukraine is going to be over. Uh, but then there was this deal struck uh, with the, the Belarusian uh, president, Alexander Lushenko, agreed uh, agreed that, uh, and uh, Prognitsin agreed uh, that he would go to, to, to Belarus, it would be called off, and the Russian uh, military investigation into him would be called off, and uh, peace is restored. Uh, Brzezinkin said that he didn't want uh, Russian bloodshed on the the streets of, of Moscow. Now, obviously, I'm not a Russian geopolitical expert, only a few people are. But uh, when it was being hyped up, well, he's on his way to Moscow. He's 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 gotten past all of these these roadblocks. I remember in World War Two, Hitler, uh, the 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 Nazi uh, army got within eight kilometers of Moscow, and well. We, we know how World War II ended. And then, of course, there was the, the failed coup against Gorbachev in, in 1991. Uh, but despite the fact that it's been neutralised, the potential coup, all of the, the mainstream media in Australia political establishment, they're saying, oh, this is the beginning of the end for Putin. He's very weak on the world stage now and that it's only a matter of time. They, 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 there's this huge uh, miss, well, you, you, you call it misunderstanding or, or this, or, or, or basically uh, this romance that uh, all that needs to be done is uh, for that uh, evil dictator Vladimir uh, Putin uh, to be uh, deposed. And uh, then, uh, then Russia uh, will turn into a Western liberal uh, democracy. Uh, in fact, uh, the the fact of the matter is is that is that uh, uh, Prognikian had has even more hardcore nationalist views than Putin. Started off as uh, Putin's chef, was originally a hot dog salesman uh, back in his his younger days. There, you know, else was a Rukshan pointed this out. Who was a hot dog salesman in their youth? Uh, Dan Andrews as well. And our Prime Minister, Anthony Albanese, uh, today, he decided it was the, the perfect opportun opportunity to uh, provide more Australian money uh, that uh, we don't have uh, to Ukraine. Uh, so this is a media relief, so media relief. So 70 military vehicles uh, will be going to Ukraine, including 28 m 113 armored vehicles, 14 special operations vehicles, and 28 man, 40 M medium trucks, and 14 trailers, 105 artillery ammunition, $10 million uh, to the United Nations Office for Coordination of Humanitarian Affairs, will total $110 million of from the Australian government, money that, well, is borrowed or from taxpayers there. Now, most of the Russian military didn't leave Ukraine. I mean, while this uh, this Wagner uh, Wagner group was in revolt, they all stayed put. And there was 
again, historical analogies, oh, this is how the, the Tsar of Russia uh, was uh, deposed in 1917 because they were fighting on the Eastern Front against the, against the Germans. There's obviously because not many people understand current Russian geopolitics, so we've got his history. I did study the Russian Revolution in in high school, uh, but I do remember after the revolution, the, the, the Soviets crushed a, a military uprising, the Kornilov Revolt. Now, moving on to the 2024 presidential campaign and who I think is going to be the, the dark horse on the uh, on the, the the Democrat primary side is Robert F. Kennedy Jr. I I have a feeling this is just a feeling that he could do a, a Trump. He's polling at around twenty percent, Biden around sixty percent. I reckon that he he could actually pull it off. And now, obviously, he is not going to be able to debate uh, Joe Biden. Uh, during uh, presidential primary debates, neither is Marianne Williamson, uh, but he is getting his uh, message out there and has uh, spoken uh, to Dr. Jo Jordan Peterson, uh, but probably uh, the uh, his appearance on the Joe Rogan show last week uh, got the the most got the got the most uh, traction and it. Uh, it uh, got uh, this uh, uh, pedi pediatric vaccine expert, uh, Peter uh, Hertz, uh, really upset. And so Joe, Rog Joe Rogan invited Peter Hertz on the show because he'd been on Joe Rogan's show to debate RFK uh, for and would donate 100000 to to charity. And uh, now I've got this photo here of... Have I got it here? I've downloaded so many, so many photos here. No, but this this uh, uh, Peter Hertz is a is a real uh, old, fat, disgusting looking guy, and this is this is uh, Robert F Kennedy, who's sixty nine, uh, working out. I'm not gonna touch the bar until I see it stop for more than a second. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Six. Run it, run it, run it, run it, run it, run it. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Up, 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 up. Look at like I've never seen a 69-year-old with that great uh, body there. And you may remember if well, if you're a student of US history, that uh, his uncle, uh, John F. Kennedy, uh, a part of the reason he won in the 1960 presidential election, well, with a bit of help with the Chicago mob and and down in Texas, it was because of all the housewives who volunteered and voted for him. Because when housewives back in the day, the, the women were vacuuming, doing housework, they had the TV on, they just ran the Democrat Party ads 
that just said Kennedy, 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 and showed uh, and and showed photos of just how good looking JFK was. It was the first modern example of women voting with their fannies. I mean, we've seen that in Canada uh, with the the re-election of Justin uh, Trudeau. And now, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., a, when he was on the, the Joe Rogan show, he he talked about, well, a, a, this, uh, remember when a Alex Jones said that there were chemicals uh, that turn the friggin' frogs gay? Well, RFK talked about uh, that uh, one particular uh, chemical and what that could, could be doing uh, to uh, humans. Um, there's atrazine throughout our water supply. If you, in a lab, put atrazine in, in a, a tank full of frogs, it will feminize uh, every frog in there. I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the friggin' frogs gay. And 10% of the male frogs will turn into fully viable females able to produce viable eggs. If it's doing that to frogs, there's a lot of other evidence that it's doing it to human beings as well. See, Alex Jones, again, right. He's been right about lots of things, but he has definitely been uh, been proved right on the the gay frogs story. And atrazine, uh, Mark Dice did, he's done several videos on atrazine, how it could be an explanation of why there are so many more homosexuals and transgender people now. There's, there's always been, the debate is always between nature and nurture, but it could be neither. It could be uh, that uh, the chemicals uh, that we are consuming, drinking, are uh, in are in products such as another one, Alex Jones, the, the juice boxes. I've got chemicals which can, uh, which can uh, feminize boys. This is what could be causing, uh, it, it couldn't, might not be a social contagion. It could be a, a chemical, a chemical uh, contagion. Now, obviously, a pride, a LGBT Pride Month is continuing it's thankfully going to be over in a few days but at the end of june in the northern hemisphere uh that is when all of the uh pride parades are on which i'm not going to show you uh some of the uh more disgusting and filthy footage which includes uh adults naked in front of children. I'm not going to show you that, but I am going to show you the New York City Pride March where they, I don't know why they think this is some sort of a troll uh, to conservatives, which, uh, or traditionalists, uh, when it is just c confirming uh, what they already believed about uh, the LGBTQ lobby and the groomers. Now, because these are a, a public events as far as i know nobody has been arrested for indecent exposure there could be uh sex offenders who are marching in these uh pride parades i mean 
we, it's, we, we've seen numerous Antifa members uh, when they've been arrested, it turns out that they've got uh, got some sort of criminal record uh, and a lot of them have uh, groomed uh, children. Uh, this has reminded people of uh, the San Francisco uh, Gay Men's Choir song from last year, We're Coming for your children. So I'll play this and halfway through it focuses on, well, the criminal history of one of the choir men. But you're just frightened. You think that we'll corrupt your kids if our agenda goes unchecked. Funny, just this once, you're correct. We'll convert your children Happens bit by bit Quietly and subtly And you will barely notice it We'll convert your children Someone's gotta teach them not to hate Because the U.S., I think in all states now, have public uh, sex offender registries, that's why somebody was able to look at the choir list and cross-reference it with uh, sex offenders registry to find that out. In Australia, uh, we uh, there is hardly, I think there's only, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's I don't think there's any uh, public sex offenders lists. I mean, you could be living next door to a major sex offender. You just don't know. And now, speaking of uh, heinous heinous, uh, crimes against children, well, uh, sadly, we shouldn't have to report uh, that it is so widespread. In South Boston, uh, there were four children who were rescued f- from a, a a drug and sex-filled house uh, of cross-dressing drag queens. Uh, the police and fire department arrived only because somebody had 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 a cardiac arrest and died and were able to find and rescue the children. When they got here, they discovered someone had died and also found that several people were hiding children in a back room. Tonight, four children less than 10 years old are in DCF custody after authorities and public officials say they were found in an apartment with six cross-dressing men, sex toys, drugs and alcohol. 
Firefighters discovered them after one of those adults died at the apartment. It was obviously sickening you know, to, to hear from those that were there at the scene describing what they saw. Um, and the actions of the adults that were in the room. City. The apartment was in extreme unsanitary conditions. All adult parties were being uncooperative and denied having children in the apartment. Drugs, alcohol, drug paraphernalia, sex toys, etc. Uh, and so they were concerned. They had reached out to me just to make sure that it didn't get swept under the rug. The governor says DCF is now involved in investigating. Just heartbreaking, terrible situation. DCF has taken those children into its care and, and custody right now. Now, there's been no follow-up story about who are the men, have the men been, been charged? How did the children get into their possession? And this is why uh, the the mainstream media and the political establishment are so eager to say, oh, it's just a conspiracy theory that there's widespread uh, child sex trafficking. Only uh, QAnon nutters believe that, who be and they also believe crazy things that all child traffickers wear matching red shoes. But this is... Uh, are there are there more of the, such uh, children who are being abused? Like this should be the well the second biggest story in the United States uh, below the Hunter Biden story because this it is sickening. It is you just feel for those kids. I, I, how on earth can that happen in this? day and age and obviously i brought a story to you earlier this year about a, a ohio gay couple who were able to adopt uh, two children and uh abuse them and film it and send it to other other uh, gay pedophiles and there was an australian couple many years uh, back who bought a boy i think from russia and sex trafficked him all around uh the world uh, to other gay pedophiles filmed filmed him and uh, circulated it on the the dark web it's just uh, it, to talk about it just fills you with uh, such horrific sadness but all of this is still happening and it's not it's it like say uh, we've seen overseas uh, save the children rallies that antifa have actually counter protested uh, such rallies. I mean, this is the absolute heinous, it's, it's not even cloud world, it's heinous world that uh, we're, we're living in. Now, back here in Australia, well, the uh, drag queen uh, story times uh, continue. There was one in Wollongong on the weekend. I know Joel Davis and his gang uh, protested it, but they're well, now, I'm not sure if they were Rainbow Community Angels, uh, but uh, there were pro-drag uh, queen uh, story time supporters uh, there uh, trying to protect the library. And I'm not sure if anyone uh, caught the last episode of Q&A before it goes on, on break uh, for uh, six weeks. Uh, so it was... It, it was one of their, their worst shows, if they could go 
any lower. Uh, sadly, in the recent uh, ABC uh, job cuts of 120, the uh, Q&A uh, was, uh, was not axed. Uh, Patricia Carvella says the, the temporary was the temporary host uh, since uh, Tan Grant uh, decided he he couldn't he, he he couldn't cop any more Tan Grant uh, jokes. So uh, this was the the final uh, final uh, Q and A uh, panel. So it was fifty percent gay. So Patricia Carvelis, uh, ABC Radio Breakfast host, she's gay. A uh, Ruben K, that uh, comedian who made the Jesus nailing joke on the project. Sam Connor, who appeared on the show with a mask, who is also a lesbian. Monique Ryan, she's given up her mask. She uh, She's straight, so is Bridget McKenzie and Bill Shorten. And when there was a question about uh, Drag Queen Storytime, all of the panellists, uh, they, uh, well, said that they weren't opposed to it, even Bridget McKenzie. And Ruben Kay defended his uh, Jesus nailing joke, saying, oh, there was only an outrage uh, because I'm gay. Uh, the Liberals have been so piss-weak on the drag queen story time spread of it. Uh, and so I was so pleased uh, that there was one Liberal Senator, Sarah Henderson, on Sky News, a former ABC journalist herself, uh, took uh, Ruben Kay to task and uh, well said that uh, <laughs> said what we're all thinking about drag queen story time. Well, firstly, I say to the project that was disgusting, mm. and the project needs to do so much better than that. And there may well be uh, a breach of its code, and there could be an investigation by the Australian Media and Communications Authority as a result of that disgusting content. But why would the ABC do this? I mean, it just does not make any sense to me. Are they only interested in being provocative on the celebrating the so-called these so-called ideological agendas? Um, frankly, I would like to see drag queens out of our libraries, where of course they seem to be in every second library around the country, reading to school children mm. or to kindergarten children. But um, I just say, look, the ABC is really losing its way when it makes those sorts of decisions. Uh, thank you, uh, Sarah Henderson. Now, she was one of the Victorian Liberals who uh, urged uh, Victorian Liberal leader John Pesciuto not to expel more redeeming from the party room. It's been reported that uh, John Pesciuto is going to rely on a truth defence when he accused uh, more redeeming of uh, associating with uh, Nazi uh, sympathisers. So good luck with that defence, uh, John Pesciuto, because remember, Maury Deeming is uh, suing him for defamation. Moira Deeming, uh, she was up in Sydney last week. Uh, she was invited by the new uh, Liberal Democrats MLC, John Ruddick, who I've had on Wilms Front. Uh, it was called Why Can't Women uh, Talk About Sex? Uh, so also there was Sel Grover. Uh, she's being sued because she won't allow trans women on a Giggle for Girls app. Uh, Louise Elliott, uh, she is a Hobart City Councillor, has been taken to the Anti-Discrimination Tribunal. Angie Jones, the host of Turf Talk. Jasmine Suffix, I don't know who she is. Catherine Deves, uh, she, of course, was the Liberal candidate uh, for Warringah at the last federal election. Kiralee Smith of Binary Australia, who's uh, that uh, 
trans a woman who is playing in women's soccer in New South Wales put the intervention order on her and Holly Lawford Smith is uh, a philosophy academic at Melbourne Uni who is a turf who has been uh, targeted by uh, trans activists there. In fact, she needs security now. Uh, now, the National uh, Union of Students, their queer division and Pride in Protest, I, I announced that they would be uh, gathering at New South Wales Parliament House to protest the event. And not surprisingly, uh, they decided that they would interrupt it. Now, don't these uh, trans rights activists realize that by shouting down these women, uh, that they're playing in to, uh, in, into uh, their narrative that uh, we're being silenced as women speaking for women. You're giving, if you if you want these women to be ignored, uh, then just. Let them speak. Let them speak, and then it wouldn't be in the headlines as such such an event. Uh, now, also attending uh, the event uh, were two elected politicians, uh, Greg Donnelly, who is a Labor MLC, is one of the last social conservatives in the New South Wales Labor Party, uh, and there was also. I, the Liberal MP uh, uh, for Badgerys Creek, Tanya Davies, who she ran uh, for the Deputy Liberal leadership uh, but was unsuccessful. Oh, sorry, there was also a, another uh, MLC, One Nation's Tanya uh, Millark. I remember, she is the, the ex-Labor MP who ran for One Nation at the just-passed state election. Now, over at uh, the Sydney Royal Women's Hospital, uh, obviously one of the, the turfs there, their, their lines are trans women aren't uh, real women. Well, uh, with uh, the continued advances in modern medicine, I, at, uh, at the, the Sydney, Sydney uh, Royal Women's Hospital, they're now conducting womb transplants where they actually could well, they are, I think they're aiming to succeed in transplanting wombs in to trans women. So, well, they are they can be as close to real women as possible. I've got the clip here. To have this availability, to have the option to say, yes, I want it. And I think that we want to consider where we could go with all of this too. You know, we talk very much about women who've had cancer. And that's a, such an important thing because they may never had had uh, the, the capacity to have a baby. We've got women who've had to have a hysterectomy because of a catastrophe. And we've also got interest from 
from other groups. So women who were assigned male at birth, you know, the transgender population, we have an option for these people in the future. A lot of people have commented on this as saying, well, you, you might be able to do this, transplant a womb into a trans woman, but should you do it? So is this, is this, are we now in the field of human biology or is that uh, transhumanism that uh, we're now entering into? Now, uh, the discussions that, uh, uh, topics that uh, I've just touched upon, uh, will I be permitted on Australia's internet uh, to cover the news that I've had, to, to have the views that I've had, to have the conversations, discussions that I've had with you, my audience, given that uh, we have uh, two uh, Australian government agencies who are wanting to crack down on online hate and disinformation. And the first who has been on quite a rampage against Twitter, Australia's Each Safety Commissioner, Julie Inman-Grant. So she has uh, is now using powers available to her under the Online Safety Act 2021 that was passed by the Morrison government. Uh, she's aiming to compel Twitter uh, to explain how they're implementing online safety expectations and we'll find them 687,000 Australian dollars every day for non-compliance. Uh, Scott Morrison's government reappointed her for another five-year term in January 2022. She's on her salary of $445,000 per year. And she went on ABC News Breakfast this week uh, to talk about why she was targeting Twitter. A third of all reports into our office of online hate are coming from Twitter. It's been a huge surge since October 22 when Elon Musk took over. And of course, there have been a confluence of factors that have added to this. You know, Twitter's always been fiery in terms of discourse, but it's turned into an absolute bin fire. It's very, very hard to be permanently banned from Twitter. Uh, you have to be the most egregious, um, repetitive spewers of hate to contravene um, the Twitter rules multiple times and be banned. But what we want to know is, who are these accounts? Um, are they given spe special dispensation? Are they able to tweet without immunity, particularly if they're play paying for a, a Twitter Blue subscription? Um, a lot of the changes to the algorithms have made people feel like you see more toxicity, uh, much worse, much more coarse discourse. Um, but without lifting the hood and using these transparency powers, we really don't know what's happening. And this is where we're trying to get to the bottom of things. As uh, Dawn Browning said, Iman is an ex-Twitter employee and a WEFA, World Economic Forum, attendee. You can't expect a better lockstep person who has the 100% backing of the Australian government. Uh, it was It's bipartisan. Tony Abbott set up the, the e-safety commissioner. Uh, so if there's any uh, Liberal or National Party MP who says oh, that this is so terrible what the E-Safety Commissioner is doing, you guys set up this organisation and appointed her. And she is, a, uh, she probably has an axe to grind with Elon Musk because she is an ex-Twitter employee. This is what she said in 2018, how pleased uh, she was in uh, Twitter having a, a more beefed up speech control policy. 
When I joined Twitter in 2014, uh, of course, I was empowered by the, the whole mission of the organization um, to provide freedom of expression, democratize voices, speak truth to power. Um, but what I saw happening uh, on the inside um, were they were, they were making incremental changes to safety, but it was becoming a toxic environment. So it was undermining those very vulnerable voices that um, were supposed to be singing on Twitter. Um, and it was silence, you know, effectively silencing some of those voices. And to their credit, um, since 2017, I believe there have been 30 new policies and process and safety improvements that, that Twitter has made over time. But that's the problem here. If we don't push, if we don't encourage some accountability, and we can do it with the companies, um, they won't continue investing and innovating for safety. Um, it is a cost, um, and we have to remember um, that these, um, these are businesses. Um, but I think we have reached a tipping point here. As I think Katzenberg says, technology is neither good nor bad, nor is it neutral. Um, so we need to be pushing towards the forces of good, I think. Uh, see, see what she was saying there, that Twitter, she believed its role was to amplify certain voices which didn't have a voice. Uh, so we, we saw the, the old Twitter, uh, how, well, if they didn't outright ban, would shadow ban, change the algorithms, which Julian Mann Grant thought was fantastic, until that Elon Musk ruined it all. And uh, at the, the World Economic Forum meeting in Davos last year, she talked about competing human rights online. We are finding ourselves in a place um, where we're, we have increasing polarization <laughs> everywhere. And everything feels binary when it doesn't need to be. So I think we're going to have to think about a recalibration of a whole range of human rights that are playing out online, you know, from freedom of speech to the freedom to, you know, to be free from on online violence or the uh, right of data protection to the right to child dignity. There's no such thing as online violence. The computer screen doesn't come out of a, a, a fist doesn't come out of the computer screen and punch you like you know i i can't put my fist through the screen and reach someone else that's that's not how it works so she's just talking absolute rubbish there uh, but uh elon musk he's deciding uh, to to have a bit of fun uh yeah you know, in my opinion uh with uh with uh, this uh with the with the, the term online hate, uh, because he's now going to be deeming uh, cisgender as a slur. This is what he tweeted. Repeated targeted harassment against any account will cause the harassing account to receive at minimum temporary suspensions. The words cis or cisgender are considered slurs on this, this platform. Now, this is particularly badass of him, but when it comes to the principle of free speech, you should be allowed to say cis or cisgender or what do they call, what do they call as a, as a slang slur, sissy. There was that South Park episode, the sissy. You should be able to say cis, sissy, tranny, faggot, whatever slur word you want on, on Twitter. Hurty words aren't real violence. Offense is taken, not given. Now the Albanese government, uh, they uh, certainly don't want to rein in uh, Julie Imangran. In fact, they want to 
empower a, another a online regulator uh, with even more uh, censorship powers. So the Australian Communications and Media Authority, they are going to get the power uh, to fine social media companies if they don't have a sufficient uh, code to take down misinformation and disinformation. So this is from the fact, uh, the fact sheet that was released yesterday. Misinformation and disinformation spread via digital platform services is a major issue worldwide. The rapid spread of false, misleading and deceptive information online has resulted in a multi multitude of harms from disrupted public health responses to foreign interference in elections and the undermining of democratic institutions. It is extremely dangerous to our democracy they're basically saying and with key term there disrupted public health responses so clearly uh, they the the australian government believed that uh, there wasn't enough uh, censorship online uh, during the the pandemic to censor things that have turned out to be true uh, so it goes on to say acma recommended the government provide it with graduated set of new powers to combat misinformation and disinformation across the sector. These powers would increase transparency, ensure that digital platform services are held to account if voluntary industry standards prove to be inadequate. So I'm not, I don't know who the, the, the current head of ACMA is, but they could go as AWOL, out of control, mad with power as Julie Inman Grant is, is going with, now, so we're going to have two, two Australian government giant bureaucracies, the eSafety Commissioner and ACMA, uh, to censor what we say online. And notice that it's that it says that uh, false, misleading, deceptive information online it, it can. It, undermining our democratic institutions is this code for that uh, they want to censor the debate around the voice uh, which the the latest poll is that no is now ahead of yes nationally latest news poll last night no is on 47 percent yes 43 percent and so despite this and uh, Peter Dutton now urging uh, the Albanese uh, government uh, to ditch the voice referendum, it's going to go down. Albanese and his Indigenous Australians, Minister Linda Burney, are full steam uh, ahead. Anthony Albanese, he keeps his, his line is, if not now uh, for the voice, when? Uh, well, never. That's what the, the 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 no campaign is advocating. That we vote this down, and that's it. You're not going to try and put it back up in a in another term. And Linda Burney last week claimed that the Voice uh, would not uh, give advice on Australia Day, even though it can. And uh, there have been yes campaigners who said yes, we want we we want it to uh, talk about Australia Day. Uh, Megan Davis, uh, one of uh, the Voice Architects, says you won't be able to shut the Voice up. Marcia Langton, she has been quite open. People who are opposing the Voice referendum are saying we are destroying the fabric of their sacred constitution. Yes, that's right. That's exactly 
what we're doing. I mean, listen to the architects of the the voice. They're pretty open about uh, the, uh, what they want uh, the voice to do. And uh, Fair Australia last week uh, released a ad on another one of the the voice architects who wrote uh, the information sheet on uh, the voice, uh, Thomas Mayo. Uh, this is who is like Marsha Langton is a communist. The people who stand with me on this stage, I regard as giants. Thomas Mayo. Thomas, Thomas Mayo. Mayo. Written a handbook called the Voice to Parliament Handbook. All the detail you need. Thomas Mayo is a signatory to the Uluru Statement from the Heart, but was also entrusted with the physical document. Mayo is part of the referendum working group. He spent 18 months travelling around Australia to garner support for an Indigenous voice to Parliament. And I tell you what. We are sick of governments not listening to our voice. We are going to use the rule book of the nation to force them. There is nothing more powerful than building a First Nations voice, a black institution, a black political force to be reckoned with. Keep going until we change the system, until we tear down the institutions that harm our people. And also to pay respects to the elders of the Communist Party, who I think, uh, without a doubt, have played a very important role in our activism. You know, this is the first step. It's a vital step. Pay the rent for example, you know, how how do we do that in a way that is transparent and that it actually sees reparations and compensation to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people? The power in the voice is that it creates the ability for First Nations to go forth with um, coherent um, positions on what legislation needs to be created, what legislation needs to be amended, and punish politicians that ignore our advice. This is a modest request. Authorised by Matthew Sheehan, Advance Australia, Canberra. Now, people in the chat are pointing out that he's only part Aborigine. He's got lots of other uh, ethnicities in his blood as well. But they're, they're all saying, these voice architects, uh, they're, they're saying the quiet part out loud. And it makes it uh, very easy for the, the no side uh, to just... Put, put put what they've said openly and communicate, look, this is what the, the voice advocates, their, their ultimate goals are. And it's sort of like they're just doing a libs of TikTok thing <laughs> that all libs of TikTok ever did uh, was repost uh, what libtards were actually saying. And uh, and it got attacked for actually uh, actually reposting what they were saying. And uh, now there is, I would vote for the voice on one condition, and that is if every uh, politician's speech uh, was translated to Aboriginal English. Uh, you remember that uh, famous uh, Mark McGowan vaccination message that was translated to Aboriginal English? Uh, Twitter user uh, Polybart has uh, posted this hilarious uh, translation of Katie Gallagher's uh, speech talking about uh, what she knew about uh, Brittany Higgins, a allegation, rape accusation before it became public. This is her statement being translated into Aboriginal English. Hi, I'm Katie Gallagher, Labor Senator for the ACT. G'day, my name Katie Gallagher. She a senator, proper mean one, and I'm the interpreter. 
and I'm here to blacksplain all of her white shit to you, mob. I was responding to an assertion that was being made by the Minister Reynolds at the time. Ah, that Linda Reynolds bitch set her up good one. Uh, I explained that to Senator Reynolds that night. She accepted that explanation. Bet she tell to Linda Reynolds, you keep your fucking gob shut or Lisa and the pirate, they're going to fuck you up, big one. Uh, Mr Shiraz provided me with information. I think we've seen that in the paper in the last couple of days. Uh, the Shiraz fella, uh, he got to Katie's office, tell her story, a proper sexy one. I wasn't aware of the full allegations. Uh, Shiraz fella, uh, help Katie understand. He giving uh, stimulation simulation on sofa, proper strong one. Uh, and at all times I've been guided by the bravery and courage of a young woman. A Shiraz fella shot to her Linda Lovelace movie. She proper brave one. Uh, I did nothing with that information. Uh, please subscribe her OnlyFans page. Senator Katie G. Spot. It's a proper sick one. Uh, that is not true. It was never true. Bullshit. She got Big Mob subscriber already. We had known about this for weeks and had made a decision to weaponize it. They make a big stink because uh, they want to fuck Skomo up and make election victory safe one. I've been clear. I've been honest. Her lips be moving. She be lying. No, I did not mislead the parliament. She mislead parliament fucking big one. I was given some information. I did nothing with that information. Ah, uh, she get the uh, big mob people make a WhatsApp party until 4am. Proper late one. So there's absolutely no issue here at all. And now, it seems to me there's a few people in chat who believe that is a real translation. It's not. It's satire by uh, Polly Bard. Although the he, he or she, I'm not sure if uh, uh, I'm not sure what the the pronouns are of of Polly Bard because there is no photo. That's just a a, a Twitter name. Uh, but satirise the Aboriginal English. Uh, English translation well because she always said that lady proper one that that's all that always seemed to be seemed to be always what she what she said that uh, that Aboriginal lady now in Western Australia this should be another warning of what could happen if the voice gets up federally uh, so there is going to be a Aboriginal Cultural Heritage Act, which is going to come in from the 1st of July, 2023. And so this will require uh, land landholder, landholders uh, to, uh, to, uh, to when they, uh, whether it's for mining, agriculture, uh, they will have to do a, a, a they'll have to get a Aboriginal heritage consultant to basically uh, make sure that uh, they are not, so the, according to the Western Australian Government Gazette, uh, the Act protects, conserves and preserves Aboriginal cultural heritage and recognises the fundamental 
importance to Aboriginal people, its role in Aboriginal communities, past, present and future. That recognises the value to Aboriginal people as a West Australian community. And so it goes down where an activity that may harm Aboriginal cultural history is proposed to be carried out. A due diligence assessment is required to be undertaken other than for exempt purposes to assess the risk of harm to ACH to enable a proponent to determine how to proceed in relation to the activity. Uh, so this could hold up agriculture, mining, you name it. And it's a complete attack on property rights because you don't actually you can actually do on your land what you want. And this is the whole, uh, uh, the, the whole contradiction with Aboriginal land rights. Do you own your land or because we're told that there were 300 different Aboriginal nations uh, before, uh, before uh, Australia was uh, settled uh, by the British. So do you actually own your property or is there an Aboriginal owner as, as well that uh, you need to need to consult with like a, like a co-owner as well? And this could become, this is the, uh, the Pandora's box that you don't know what you're getting with the, the voice. And because uh, the, well, it's no longer the McGowan Labor government, it's the Cook Labor government. They've ran this through. They've ignored petitions uh, by farmers and, and, and graziers. And going back uh, to uh, Thomas uh, Mayo, uh, I, in a couple of tweets, uh, he has said, this is what's come, this is what we want. After the voice, reparations, land back, abolishing harmful colonial institutions, getting all our kids out of prison and into care, respect and integration of our laws and laws, speaking language, wages back, all the things we imagine when we demand. And the way to organize this is through a rep body that the politicians cannot ignore constitutionally enshrined. Paying the rent must be more than your donations to struggling mob, which is important. It must be negotiated with the Commonwealth reparations land back. Again, it's, it's all out in the open there. What the voice is just the first, the, the, the first step. And once it's in the constitution and uh, Anthony Albanese, his, his constant, uh, constant uh, attacks on the no side they're trying to sow division confusion oh it's 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 all it, it's all scare tactics what they're doing johannes leek uh, he had another good cartoon i remind the fear mongers chicken littles and heartless racists to keep things respectful basically uh, what uh, albanese's strategy is uh, now last week uh, the the Albanese government, uh, because it's been such a disaster, their abolition of the cashless uh, debit card, the basics card, they passed a, a law to introduce what's called a smart card, which is those communities which have opted in to uh, the cash, uh, cashless debit card or compulsory income management. It's called a smart card. So it's not a basics uh, cashless debit card. It's a smart card. In Olivia Thorpe, who's opposed to the voice because she believes that uh, it's uh, it's part of the assimilation agenda, uh, she she decided that uh, she uh, would uh, call it the racist card. So this is a this is a photo she posted on on Twitter. Uh, Lydia, I would say this is the more appropriate. Uh, card uh, for you and that is the victim card which has uh, expired your victim card long expired i mean you're in the you're in the privileged senate 
and you're in the what is it Qantas chairman's lounge uh, as, as well so yes it's you it's been declined your victim card it's been maxed out because it's expired there you go now coming towards the end of the show and now did you know that melbourne was named the third the world's third most livable city according to the latest uh, economist intelligence unit global Liv livability index vienna was number one austria copenhagen denmark number two melbourne three and sydney number four and uh, premier uh, dan andrews he was uh, eager to 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 spruik uh, this uh, this uh, bronze global uh, ranking. Look, Melbourne's back. Uh, Victoria's back. You know, when you think about major events, food, wine, medical research, like in every field, whether it's critical thinking, discovery, uh, all those creative industries, great experiences, Melbourne and Victoria, you know, there's nowhere else like it, uh, and it's great to see that reflected in uh, those world rankings. Uh, you know, I won't. I won't take up the obvious opportunity to talk about other states in our nation, <laughs> some of whom have had a lot to say about you know luring business. Like, uh, good luck with that. Uh, this is the centre of so many things that are important, and this is in every respect the real capital of our nation. Uh, now, Dan Andrews, when he's uh, referring to leaders of other states, uh, the. Uh, New South Wales Premier Chris Minns, he's in his tweets has said Sydney is better than 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 Melbourne. If uh, he was a woman, uh, Dan would have referred to to him as uh, that Premier. And uh, well, is Melbourne livable uh, to you? I, I I asked that to Melburnians in the chat. Uh, even uh, Dan Andrews' uh, pollster, Cos Samaras, says that uh, the most livable city ranking has nothing to do with the quality of life of permanent residents in those cities. The measurement is designed to help companies decide how much hardship allowance they would need to pay employees who relocate. Now, if you really care about this stuff, then it's relevant. Obviously, Melbourne at the moment, it's, well, it's ininhabitable outside. It, the big freeze has lasted two weeks. It's supposed to be only a one-day event, big freeze at the G on the King's birthday, uh, but we're all shivering here. I, it's certainly not mobile, the city at the moment, with the city broken up uh, because of Dan's Westgate Tunnel project uh there's a berlin wall for the next two weeks between east west uh with the trains not running to the west replacement buses the frankston line is also out of action due to glenn huntley station uh being uh, level crossing being dug up and of course uh crime uh, as well uh, continues uh, to plague this city. Remember last week it was uh, the, 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 the man threatening to murder women on a tram. Uh, this week it was uh, Victoria Police uh, attempting to chase two multiple carjackers around the southeastern suburbs of Melbourne. Two men responsible for a terrifying crime spree in the southeast remain on the loose tonight after evading arrest. Four innocent drivers were carjacked, with police tonight vowing to hunt them down. Mimi Becker has the latest. Three hours of mayhem across Melbourne's southeast. Four vehicles carjacked, speeding across suburbs, driving into oncoming traffic. The criminals still on the run. 
So frightening for parents and everybody on the roads. A bashed-up Honda dumped in Parkdale on the Nepean Highway, later towed away with cannabis clearly visible inside. The offenders carjacked a white Suzuki, cornered by cops in Naringa Avenue, Aspendale. Guns drawn, but they still managed to get away. He had such a little car and he just managed to get around. St Louis Primary School ordered into lockdown. Families sent a text. Due to a police incident, we have temporarily held the children back at school. Officers deployed stop sticks in Chelsea, but to no avail. The pair doing a U-turn to continue on their crime spree yesterday afternoon. It was all really just a bit surreal. Not much normally happens uh, like that in Chelsea. The white Suzuki then dumped in Springvale, the fugitives hopping into a stolen Mitsubishi ute. They tried to steal another car nearby before they crashed minutes later, ramming police at Clayton South. Those two officers, obviously, would be quite traumatising for them. Around 3.30, they carjacked a Mazda at the Dingley Bypass before carjacking a third car and heading down the Eastern Freeway. The Ford dumped on Punt Road at Richmond, where the fourth car was hijacked. That's where police lost track of them. The men last seen travelling in a grey 2009 Ford Falcon station wagon with registration XBX545. As for what sparked the chase, police say the Air Wing spotted a car that had been stolen in another aggravated carjacking that happened in this hotel car park at Patterson Lakes on Monday. Officers adamant they will catch those responsible. This behaviour, abhorrent behaviour, won't be tolerated and we'll be pulling out all stops and uh, working around the clock. Mimi Becker, Nine News. Now, there's still been no update from Victoria Police that they've caught these two carjackers. So you're not safe on the roads or on public transport, and you're also not safe in your own home with the the uh, the home invasions uh, occurring when people are actually home, aggravated home invasions. Uh, Victoria Police, they could easily track someone down to, to give them a, a fine uh, for not wearing a mask or breaching lockdown. Uh, but even though they had all these 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 roadblocks chases, they still haven't caught this pair. I mean, that's quite incredible. Uh, but uh, we'll go briefly over to the the UK, uh, which of course has its its own uh, crime uh, problem. I'm not talking about the the grooming gangs or the the legal immigration, uh, but I'm talking about uh, those ultra low emission zone ULES camera vandals. Uh, I've been covering the 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 ULES. They're called the Blade Runners. Uh, now, uh, Katie Hopkins, she rightfully called out the disgusting people who were spraying uh, the the ULES cameras with filling foam from uh, Tool Station 669. Remember, Tool Station is uh, the choice of uh, vandals and bigots since all the other uh, hardware chains have got in the UK have got rainbow colours for Pride Month. Pride Month, so Tool Station is uh, is uh, where the vandals and bigots go in the UK. Now uh, posted to social media last week uh, was this one particular Blade Runner who he hasn't just been uh, vandalising the ULES cameras; he's actually been dismantling them and he showed off. A, a a van full of ULES cameras that he'd ta taken down and he even bragged about how the manner in which he'd taken them down. 
This is what one man can do to the ULEZ in less than half a day. Fuck your ULEZ, stick it up your ass, no one wants it, and this is what we'll do every time. I'm calling all people that want to take down these shit cunts. You, you need is a 10 mil socket, yeah, very cheap to buy, to put in your impact drill. They're cheap to buy as well too. And you need a TX30 star bit. I'm trying to see if I can focus that. Yeah, TX30 star bit. And we'll just keep taking them down. Fuck you, Sadiq Khan. Fuck you, globalist shit cunts. Fuck your ULEZ. It might take your blokes half a day to put one up. It takes me less than a minute to take one down. So fuck your fucking ULEZ, shit cunts. This is our country and we're taking it back. Absolutely disgusting behaviour. I mean, that means that ordinary Lon Londoners who don't have a, these expensive uh, low emissions cars or electric cars, that means that they're driving around the city and they're not being photographed. Uh, so they're forced to pay the £12.50 just to drive around London because uh, Sadiq Khan wants to expand it to all of, of greater London. Uh, so he is costing Sadiq Khan all of this revenue and leaving it in the pocket of ordinary Londoners. I mean, it is just I can't believe it. And also, I remember last week Lawrence Fox's disgusting arson of the Pride Progress flag. He uh, now he was reported to police uh, for like his house could have caught fire, uh, burning uh, 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 in this rage of hate, burning these flags. And uh, now he was reported to police, uh, but they are not. Uh, they've decided he has has no case to to answer for this uh, for this this heinous act of of arson or it's hateful arson aggravated arson because he was doing it in in hate as well so yes that is the there's a crime update from the the uk and uh interest rates uh on the rise in the uk as well because their inflation is still out of control interest rates have increased to five percent and well, Turkey, their central bank decided to just uh, go for the ultimate global economic reset, raising interest rates to 15%. And we've got the Reserve Bank of Australia meeting next Tuesday. Rates could go up uh, again. New Zealand is already in a technical recession. Uh, our growth is basically flatlined, but it's not negative. The only place where inflation is beginning to get under control is in the United States, where inflation is is four percent. Uh, so that'll be good for Biden's re-election re-election prospects next year. Uh, that is it for Tim's news explosion for another week. I uh, thank you uh, for joining me. Watch again. Uh, I hope you found it as formative as always. Remember, if you don't want to send through a super chat, uh, you can uh, support. Uh, the work of the Unshackled, our Unshackled Productions with a premium membership, bronze $5 per month, silver $10 per month, gold $25 per month, platinum $50 per month. 
And so there will there will be, of course, another Teams News explosion next Monday, 8.30 p.m. Melbourne time on YouTube, Odyssey, and uh, Rumble. Make sure that you like all of the, the videos, uh, uh, show videos uh, on all of the platforms. Subscribe if you haven't already. Leave a comment down below. It all helps with the algorithm. And there are more reports from Tiger Mountain coming out with Richard Wardscroft from the Unshackled main channel as well. And remember, the central point for all this is the unshackled.net. It's got our Unshackled production archives and articles as well. Thank you so much for watching. For those uh, shivering uh, this, uh, this uh, Melbourne winter, uh, stay warm. Remember, stay safe in this third world's most, uh, third most livable city. Uh, stay sane, stay free, uh, stay happy, stay optimistic. And I will see you again soon. Good night, everybody. Tim's News Explosion. 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 Tim's news explosion.